Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom shakalaka. You want it, they come with it, done it, we got her with punishment. Doug is just covered it, but they hear what we come to win. Others in love with the front of this family, just running it. Long as the public is coming, then we keep them coming in. everybody it's 48 minutes episode oh let me check 16 i'm one of your hosts alex derrickson joined this week by let's change the order sean mackey what's up everyone hello how are you i'm wonderful how are you i'm doing well we've got we've got some we got some basketball news to discuss lots of it i know well i wouldn't say a lot i mean it's still early we still it's only it's still only october yeah at the time of recording it was also be October. This is, I guess this is our kind of our Halloween episode. <laughs> I didn't think yeah, about this. Were, yeah, yeah it so is. it's our uh, spooky show. It's our NBA spooktacular. <laughs> <laughs> and rounding out the three of us, Mr. Tim Daniel. So if this is our Halloween show, Alex, does that give me right to mention Monster Mashball Mashburn? Oh, God damn it! <laughs> God damn it, Tim! Always, always gonna go with Mashburn. That. Always, always with the Jamal and the burning and the mashing. Always. Don't How act are you like doing? you didn't have a time in your love that you loved. Don't act like there was not a time in your life you didn't love Jamal Mashburn. I mean, I had, okay. So, back when I was a big UK homer, before I realized all the fans were just, you know, like, cultists. Satan. Uh, no, I mean, they're not like a satanic cult. They're more just like a... Like a big blue seance. Of so yeah, they're not they're not black Nike white swoosh. You're right. Right. No, they're just like cows, cats number one, and all that noise that you guys used to mockingly chant. But uh, so this is '97. If I'm if I'm to frame this, this is a 20 year old story. I had a CD of UK themed fight songs from '96, from when they beat Syracuse. Uh, one of them was, uh, fucking, not Saturday Night's Alright for Fighting, but, uh, S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y. No, 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 but I, I want to think, I think it's spelled Wildcats instead, but one of them <laughs> was literally just a song of rattling off, like, early, like, late 80s, early 90s UK players, and that was the first time I'd actually heard Jamal Mashburn's was name. That, was that too We Didn't Start the Fire by chance? No, oh, Jesus, I hope not. If I wonder if I still have that somewhere. I hope not. Uh, I hope I do not. Also, if I uh, <laughs> next time I'm at my parents, I will I will check. I'll see if I can't find that somewhere. I'm sure it's long gone because I think they also made one for '97. I don't know. I was really into like UK memorabilia VHSs and like the tournament recap tapes. I would like. It's watch so the funny shit to say that because I had the Chicago Bulls ones. Like, oh, you know, like when every year oh, we the had we, me and Alex yeah. had those on DVD. Yeah. Uh, I still do. Yeah, I, I uh, learned because they fly, have all the um, got wings. Yeah, they have all the NBA championship home videos like teams. They actually have mm-hmm. those on Amazon Instant Stream now. Oh shit! Okay, a, f- a few of them are on Hulu as well. Are uh, they really? I know. I know the uh, the Miami Heat one is the one from their 2006. 06. Yeah, they had the 06 one and the first LeBron title. So those are both on there. Um, nice. I watched one recently, and it was kind of kind of different watching watching and. Not seeing a uh, a bulls one, you know. 
Because I have I have the whole ninety one finals of the Bulls Lakers series where each game's its yeah. own disc and everything. And then uh there's yeah, there's the Learning to Fly compilation uh DVD that kinda goes through all of the all of the titles and everything. Those are those are fun to watch, but like they're more fun when you know you're like in like the fourth grade. Right. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, this is 48 Minutes. It does post each and every week on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And if you like what you hear and you would like to hear with your eyes, you can go to 48minutesnetwork.com where you can check out a bunch of articles we've been writing and also keep up to date with all of the podcasts we have been doing. Make sure you subscribe to us on your podcast service of choice. If you do not subscribe to us on iTunes, that's totally okay. But please go over to our iTunes link. Give us a five-star review. Give us some nice comments. If you listen to us, check us out every week. It is much appreciated, and your listens keep the mics on each and every week. Some housekeeping before we get into some some drama from this week. New episode of Court Stormers is up. Mike and Taylor preview the Big Ten conference this year. Also, this is your reminder that Court Stormers is on its own podcast feed on iTunes and Google Play. So if you're looking for it in your 48 minutes feed and it ain't there, it's because we told you. It's got its own thing. You gotta search Court Stormers. You can subscribe to that. Keep me out of your ears every week if you so choose. Also, be on the lookout for a new drop in balls for the 97 draft, as, as Tim has so nicely teased on our Twitter, which is at 48 Minutes Network, network spelled without the vowels, vowels. Network. network spelled without the words, apparently. But yeah, uh, yeah, at Forty Eight Minutes Network, network without the vowels. Uh, so new dropping balls should be coming here soon. Ninety seven draft, the old Ron Mercer uh-huh. draft, as some would not remember it as. Yeah. The Chauncey Billups draft. Yeah, Rick. You know, obviously, I mean, that's kind of that's gonna be an interesting one because most of our drafts when we've done them, we've got we've like prepped it, we've talked about it. And we didn't realize how loaded they were. Mm-hmm. This one, it's like, there's Duncan, and then it kind of, like, you know, Chauncey Billups obviously had a great career. Sure. But it kind of does not have as much, like, lasting power, so. Was Van Horn be a lot of... number two? Yes. Okay. That's a, that's a, that is a Wikipedia rabbit hole, Keith Van Horn's career. Ooh. Yeah. Because uh, that was one of those where I was like, next Larry Bird, no he wasn't. And then I read his stats, I'm like, well, he actually did really well. Yeah. <laughs> For a while. Because it was like. Him and Wally Zorbiak were supposed to be the next White Hypes, and then Keith Van Horn ended up on the cover of NBA Jam 99. For the N64. Yep. Just that one. <laughs> Just that one. <laughs> yes, I think yeah. Tim Hardaway was the rest of the 99. Was that 98? Um, I can't I know, remember. I know, he was, I know he was 2000. Was it? Not, Duncan was 2000. Yeah, Duncan was 2000. Yeah. No, NBA Jam, not NBA Oh, oh NBA shit, Jam. shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, you're right. Yeah, that was just N64 still. Yeah. But either way... That is neither here nor there, but what is here and there is we went all season last year without a coach firing. Today, we couldn't even go three games. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't even make it a week before the Suns have relieved Earl Watson of his coaching duties. Uh, the Suns are, uh, uh, are, are, excuse the pun, burning up right now. Uh <laughs> They haven't won a game as, as as of this recording. Earl Watson is gone. Uh, no, they won last night against Sacramento. I'm sorry. Alex. Oh no, it's fine. It's fine. Forty eight minutes dot com slash you're wrong. That's not a website. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so the Suns are now one and three. Earl Watson is uh, zero and gone, and Eric Bledsoe no longer wants to be there. 
So, a lot to unpack in Phoenix. How, Tim, I'll, I'll let you lead the charge as our resident uh, Eric Bledsoe fanatic. Uh, what? I don't know. <laughs> not, I don't fucking make our business cards. That that would be your occupation if I did, that's why I don't make the business cards. <laughs> well, one, we definitely know there's some kid in this world that Eric Bledsoe is his favorite player and probably still has his Clippers jersey, right? No, and that's fine. He's Tyler, and he lives in Tucson. <laughs> Yeah, and probably has his Kentucky number 24 jersey. Tyler from Tucson, nice. Yeah, again, Tyler from Tucson. <laughs> so, it's, um, I don't know, man. Like, I think, you know, we, we talked over text, which obviously our listeners can't see our text messages, hopefully, unless they're NSA agents. Or Russians. Doom, doom. Or Russians. Um, but I think we all kind of agreed that there's nothing wrong with the fact Bledsoe wants to leave. Um, obviously, it's not a good situation. He's getting up to this point where he's been the playoffs, like I mentioned in the article I wrote on 48minutes.com, um, 48minutesnetwork.com, sorry. And he's been, you know, in the, with his two of the years he was in L.A. And he's done, He's had a lot of success. He's a guy that really overachieved that a lot of people, when he came out of Kentucky, were kind of hesitant, thought maybe he should go back for his sophomore year, and turned out to be way better than a lot of people expect him to be. Um, so, you know, I don't... I'm not upset with him for when to leave Phoenix. I don't agree with him tweeting and then telling Ryan McDonough that he was at a hair salon with his girlfriend and he just didn't want to be there anymore. Yeah. That's right. And that was something we, you know, we talked on over in our secret private, super secret text messages uh, <laughs> is I, I kind of hit on the fact that, yeah, it's a really, whatever he meant and whatever way he knew if he was, a, if, if, he was at the hair salon and did not want to be there anymore. He is a person of of interest amongst sports fans, those especially in the city in which he plays, as he is their best player, arguably. Uh, I, I'm sure there's a Tyson Chandler fan somewhere that's like, God damn it, no! But it's a situation where, if, if that were the case... And I'm not here to spout biases and call Eric Bledsoe a liar. Sure. But if if that were the case, that's real dumb. That was a real dumb move. Uh, yeah. If it meant he wanted out of Phoenix, that was a real dumb move. If it meant he wanted to not be where he was in his current place and time, real dumb move. Uh, I, I think situations like not wanting to be on a losing team, I get uh, maybe next time, don't sign the contract, or maybe get a better agent to not negotiate you that deal. But it's a situation, just looking with, with Eric Bledsoe, right, where he's he's in a tough spot, and he went about something a very poor way. And within a few hours, uh, the fallout of that is Earl Watson being removed as coach, whether that was directly linked or if those were mutually exclusive, uh, we're... I'm not in the Phoenix front office. I don't know, but uh, there's a there's a lot of things here, and I think it's been going about the wrong way from Eric Bledsoe's perspective. Uh, I think it also, and Sean, I kind of want to get your take on this specifically. Does this put all of the because Phoenix sent him home, and they're like, you know what, that's fine, don't be here then. But does openly stating you want to be moved put too much power in Phoenix's hands? Uh, yeah, actually it does. I mean, he could find a one-way ticket to, say, the Brooklyn Nets. You know? I mean, it's... I don't know. 
like you guys said, I think it was the wrong way to go about the whole thing. Um, but Devin Booker is kind of the one prize on the Suns roster right now, and I'm still not completely sold on him, even though he had that 80-point game last year. I mean, they did lose. so And he also got, like, they also fouled a lot to extend the game. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I mean and that's cool. Don't get me wrong. That's, that's pretty awesome. It's probably going to be a while before we see something like that again, but... Sure. But this is a team that at one point had like three or four point guards and they didn't know what to do with them. At one point they had Isaiah Thomas and they traded him. That was a mistake right before he hit his prime. And then at one point they had Gordon Drogic. He requested a trade. He wanted to get out of there. And then they get, and then they had uh, the trade with, uh, with Brandon Knight. And then you still have Brandon Knight and you have Devin Booker. Tyler Eulis. And then you have Tyler Eulis. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and then and poor Tyson Chandler stuck right in the middle of all this crap. Somehow. Yeah, and, and that was, <laughs> and it was funny. Like, he signed on to that team. He got he got paid. And basically, they signed him to try to lure LaMarcus Aldridge, who, you know, it was like his, his runner-up choice, but he didn't sign there. And I don't know what they're doing at all right now. I mean, they had that weird few years with Jeff Hornacek coaching I mean like I they're lost they are just as lost as Chicago maybe more so here here's the thing with that okay is is I I was thinking about this on my walk back from the dirt bus uh Chicago at least is culturally relevant true they're a team that will they I mean they play LeBron eight times a year yeah. Uh, so there's going to at least be eight nights of Bulls on a major network show, uh, whether it's highlights or, you know, a full game. Uh, I think Chicago is still a team that powers attendance. Chicago is a team that makes money. If we're juxtaposing just purely Chicago versus Phoenix here, I think Phoenix is has been battling for relevancy since the seven seconds or less offense era. They have been. Uh, You're right. Yeah, moving moving right. to Alvin Gentry, moving to Shaq, uh, kind of trying to make that shift to to a more defensive focused lineup. That wasn't what that team was about. That wasn't what that franchise had kind of like carved that niche out for themselves. Then, and and from there, they've just been kind of like treading water, and now they're kind of floundering, and now they're also battling for relevancy because at this point. I think there's probably 25 teams in the NBA that have kind of forgotten about Eric Bledsoe because it's getting to be so guard-heavy that I was trying to think of where the hell Phoenix would trade him that would be beneficial to both teams, and there's not a lot there, and you know Phoenix is going to be asking a lot for him. And so I think it's a situation where Phoenix and Bledsoe separately have painted themselves into these corners where they're both kind of fighting for relevancy because when was the last time we talked about Eric Bledsoe? Well, that's the thing too, man, is um, I was going to make that point. If you remember all summer after Kyrie Irving requested his trade, the biggest rumored deal, like the closest to happening we kept hearing was Kyrie to Phoenix for Eric Bledsoe and and Josh Jackson, that lottery pick. But Phoenix kept saying, no, we won't put Josh Jackson there. Now, you know, like we talked about with Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, Eric Bledsoe has the same age as LeBron James. Eric Bledsoe and LeBron James are friends. LeBron James was asked this week if he talked to Eric Bledsoe about going to Cleveland. 
So I wonder at this, not, this is just pure speculation. I have nothing that says this is the hmm. case. I wonder if Eric Bledsoe heard his name getting attached to that trade a lot this summer. And then when he saw the Isaiah Thomas trade deal go down, he probably went, for the love of God, that was my best situation to go out and win, like it is anybody's in that trade, obviously. But I wonder if that kind of played a part in him being frustrated to be like, well, why didn't we pull the trigger? Why don't we put Jackson on there and give me a situation? I mean, as, as much as I... As much as I harp on players trying to kind of take take the league back, you know, uh, putting the power in their own hands with players like LeBron shifting teams, players like Kyrie demanding trades, and not like the, the the sense of player to team loyalty is dead. That works both ways, and just sure. because Eric Bledsoe wants a trade doesn't mean he gets a trade, and just because he wants to go to Cleveland doesn't mean Phoenix has to throw in. Josh Jackson. I mean, Cle- fucking on the topic of Cleveland trades with Phoenix, they didn't want to give up J- Cleveland being didn't want to give up JJ Hickson to get Amari Stoudemire. Oh yeah, God. That's so I mean, wrong. just just because, and they ended up Cleveland's up trading JJ Hickson for Omri Caspi a few years later. It's just because somebody wants so if just because a team's like, hey, throw in this player, that doesn't, and you'll get the guy you want, like. That doesn't mean fucking Phoenix has to do shit. And I, I think it's getting to be this delicate balance. And I don't think this is going to be, you know, a watershed moment or anything. Or like the tipping point of the of the players' union or anything like that. But I, I think this will be kind of like one of the small... In the way Richard Lewis's uh, sign-and-trade to Orlando kind of set the bar for the ridiculous payment contracts that we're getting now uh, amongst players. I think this yeah. potentially... Could be one of those deals and one of those situations that will be kind of remembered on, like, oh yeah, that kind of did like delicately shift the balance of power between like players and teams because Phoenix doesn't have to do anything. Like contractually, they just have to pay Eric Bledsoe. They don't even have to play him. Right. And so I mean, it's it's an interesting situation. I wanted to make sure you know, like, get your guys' take on it and everything uh, because it's I uh, I think he'll get moved. I don't know where. I can I can't find a spot that's advantageous, really. Uh, I kept thinking maybe Orlando, if they can run something with him and Alfred Payton together. I, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. I can see that. I didn't even think about Orlando. Who does? He could be with Sean's new favorite uh Sean's new um three point and dunk club member, Aaron Gordon. He's a hell of a club member. <laughs> 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 yeah, so I mean I don't I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what the future for Bledsoe has, obviously. Phoenix doesn't seem like... I mean, ugh. It seems like they're just kind of swimming in circles. <laughs> it feels like they've been that way for a long time. Like you said, since seven seconds or mm-hmm. less. And that sucks, man, because, like... I think when people look back... Obviously, people remember the 93 finals. Yeah. But... And I know they don't have a championship. They don't... You know, like... and They haven't been a dominant Western Conference team, but... They have a pretty damn good franchise history of being successful. Yeah, it's just right now, I and, I, and teams go through this, and I mean, for the, for the most part, unless you're San Antonio, it's cyclical, but right. I don't know, I don't know how Phoenix gets back on track, because I don't think they're drafting well, they're clearly not signing, like, free agents well, so... I don't know if this is going to be like a full like ground up implosion that needs to happen, but I mean it definitely starts with getting your coach straightened out. But even then, who the fuck wants to coach Phoenix? 
Like, who's available right now outside of, like, I, I, I tossed out Mark Jackson and David Blatt, but I don't... They don't, even, they don't want that job. No. No. And I, I wouldn't want that roster. Yeah, I mean, as much as it's attractive to see Devin Booker, but, uh, after, like you said, after that, like, Josh Jackson, I think, would be really good. Uh, I think he will be really good. But Marquise Chris, I'm not 100% certain on. And, you know, like you mentioned, Tyson Chandler, we don't know how much longer he has, and... I don't know, man. Like at one point last year, if you remember, they sat they sat Bledsoe down just to shut him down for the year because they were they knew they were done. And they played Tyler Ulysses at point guard the mm-hmm. rest of the year. So I maybe that plays a part in it too. Maybe he didn't want to get shut down. Who yeah, knows? I don't. I, I I don't personally. But uh, now that we've alienated the whole state of Phoenix. Arizona, the whole state of Phoenix. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I was gonna say, real nice. I told yeah. you guys, I was I was real sleepy starting this. The whole state of Arizona is no longer listening, and probably most of everyone else who now thinks I think Phoenix is a state. Let's go ahead and alienate the great state of Philadelphia. Uh, haha! See what I did there. Uh, Markel Fultz has a shoulder problem. Oh, scary. I know. No one likes to hear phrases like "gets his shoulder drained." I've actually never heard that phrase until this week. It's usually it's and usually then have the agent go, yeah, and then the agent goes, "No, he didn't get his shoulder drained. We put cortisone into his shoulder." I misspoke. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, see, I was at I was at the shoulder salon with my wife, and ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. So yeah, we 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 were kind of talking. About Fultz's, you know, loopy free throw shooting. Uh, now he's yeah. shooting like Shaq, and there's, a, I know, like a quote from LeBron came out where he was just kind of like, "Yeah, something's up with with that." He do can shoot. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but uh, so you guys kind of ran with hashtag Danny New <laughs> in terms of why the Celtics would have traded out of the number one spot. I still hold to the fact that they. Knew Tatum would be there at three, but didn't know if he would be there or whatever the situation was, uh, or they just wanted to scare LA. I, st- I like that storyline too, but uh, yeah. So I know we were all kind of real big on the Sixers. Does this hinder or change? You know what you guys were thinking? Because uh, I don't, right. No. I mean it's it's worrisome to me, but I'm just like, ah, like if it's it's just early. He's young. There's time. I think it's it's. You hate to say it, you know, the way things have gone the past three or four years, but it's so Sixers. Right. Um, I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast, and they were talking about it this week, and uh, Chris Ryan, who's one of my favorite guys in the Ringer, he's awesome, and he's a huge Sixers fan. He he, became, he kind of made the point of, I understand they want to get their young guys out there to get people excited and sell tickets. He's like, but we're Sixer fans. We're used to waiting for our guys. You know, we waited a year for Ben Simmons. We waited two years for Joel Embiid. If they knew this was going on, like they said they did, where he was getting, he got hurt in training camp, just tell us he's going to be out for a little bit. We we can deal with this at this point. And like I'm all for getting a young kid minutes, um, but you can tell too. Like Brett Brown, immediately he said Jared Bayless is a starter, and that Markel is going to come off the bench. Um, but I think a lot of things is like people are kind of jumping to like, well, he's not going to be good because of this. Obviously, like this isn't Anthony Bennett. No, it is not. You know, it's like this is like. He's gonna be really good. He has looked. He has struggled a little bit. Like you know, especially when you look at the other rookies. Like Markkanen's looked good. De'Aaron Fox has looked really good. Lonzo had a really good game. Um, yeah, that probably doesn't. You know, it's like oh, we got the feet of that. But 
I think people are like kind of forgetting he's a 19-year-old rookie who doesn't really know where to stand when he doesn't have the ball. And once he get that, gets you know, and then has that shoulder issue, it's going to be fine. And I think he's going to be okay. And we've seen so far that they don't really need to rush him out there if it's really going to be bad because Ben Simmons is freaking mm-hmm. awesome. With that, though, you, you mentioned the whole, we're Philadelphia, we're used to waiting for our guys. At what point do the Philadelphia faithful kind of sit there and be like, uh, this is getting kind of ridiculous. Never, man. Those guys are crazy fans. Like, they are, like, nuts. Sixer fans, like, are loyal to the team, man. It's wild to me. I mean, I think at some point, like, I would just kind of be like, okay, we're cursed. <laughs> like, I mean, they, they're, they're <laughs> the one curse that's like, yes, but you'll get a blessing at the end. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, that's not how curses work, typically. You just stay cursed, and then you die cursed. But, uh... It's it's weird that like they're all just so gung ho. I've never I've never seen a franchise across any sport that's so gung ho about injuries. They're just like he broke his leg. That's fine. Tore his ACL. We'll get him a new one. I mean, you see it with Simmons. Yeah. You saw it with Embiid. We're seeing it with Fultz. Uh, you saw it with Jaleel. You saw it uh, for a minute. I think with, was it, was it Bynum? Did Bynum do something stupid too? Yeah, Biden signed a one-year deal with the Sixers. Yeah, like played. they're just like, oh. then he ended up in Cleveland. So bad. And they're just like, that's cool. Like we'll figure it out. That's why Doug, that's why Doug Collins left. Man, he's like, you know, we traded away Vucevic. They got Andrew Biden and Iggy left. So it's like, you know, he's left with a guy who basically got injured bowling <laughs> and never was the same. I mean, that's the most ridiculous statement ever. But that's no, really what Carlos happened. No, Carlos Boozer tripped over his gym bag in the middle of the Okay, night. okay, yeah, that was crap, too. I want, that was, I want to know the real story of that one. I know. You know his old lady would hit him or something, right? Like, I just, I, mean, I want to know the real story behind Carlos Boozer's broken arm. That was, yeah, that was a pretty bad excuse. I totally forgot about that. Thank you for bringing that back always. up. Always. We gotta shed some light on that, that story. One of these days, someone who does real investigative journalism... <laughs> and not what we do. <laughs> Please just don't don't let that story die. Just cr- get into David Stern's classified documents from 2010, and and look up the Carlos Boozer arm, and if you could get more concrete evidence of the shoe polish hair, that would also That's... be appreciated. I know there was a big story about con- that one already, con- but concrete evidence? Did we need that? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we know it happened. Yes, we saw it. I know. There was there was no explanation why he suddenly had hair, Alex. <laughs> he didn't have hair, Sean. That was the thing, as <laughs> he painted his head <laughs> like a very rebellious teen. <clears throat> yeah. But uh, so, does this change what do you guys think? Because I know a lot of us, we we'd kind of like pegged Philly as a playoff team. Does this change any of that for you guys? Not yet, man. I mean, we're four games in. <clears throat> sure. And, like, uh, I know they're... What better time to spit hot takes, though? Right, I know. And I think truly, like, I think they've played well. I know the record shows they're one and three. But they played great against Washington. Washington was just better at the end of the game. Um, I think they played really well against Boston. And Boston just had Jason Tatum and Kyrie Irving go crazy. Yeah, I mean, the opening of Philadelphia's schedule has been no slouch. Right. And I, th- but... I think, you know, J.J. Reddick's not really caught on yet that's gonna happen we know he can, like he's a slow starter through the year 
So I- I'm not worried about them. I think Embiid's like excellent. Oh God, yeah. I don't like him playing at. I don't like him playing at the top of the key as much, but um, I do like what he's done so far. What we've seen him do, and he's unguardable, man. Like Andre Drummond couldn't guard him no. at all last night. No, mm-hmm. backed up all that shitty talk if, too. <laughs> yeah, he did. If I'm Philly, and this is just me being a fucking idiot that doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, if I'm Philly, I would be trying to lift as many pages out of the mid-90s Rockets playbook as I could. Yeah. Yeah. And run Embiid kind of similar to Olajuwon, where he is at that top of the key, where he does post up a lot. But just, I, I feel like that would be, I would love to see that Philly team run with that Rockets team playbook. The, the only problem I have with that is he's, he has a little bit of a problem holding onto the ball at times. That's the, on, that's yeah, the only does. thing that I don't like about Joel Embiid. He is ridiculously dominant in pretty much every other aspect of his game, but he's got to hold onto that ball, man, because he's, he's been turning it over mm-hmm. quite a bit. Yeah, I do, I do not disagree there. Can we talk more about Ben Simmons, guys, because he's really God, good at basketball? Yes, he is so let, good at let's, basketball. Let's move on. So good. Okay, first off, First off, I know we've typically done topic of the show last. I'm sorry, I forgot to mention this. The sun stuff, that was topic of the show first. All right, so we got that done. So let's move on to, from ostensibly what appears to be the final topic of today's show, just recapping the last now, you know, another week in the books here. Impressive teams, impressive players. Uh, Stuff that we're kind of like shocked by is can be... You know, a team, a one. It could be one great game. It could be a team that's surprised you so far. Uh, it could be a team, a player that's you're benefiting from fantasy. Uh, anything like that. So, Tim, kick it off. Who's I, who is impressing you? I am blown away so far, man. I don't know if it sticks, but and I can't believe I'm going to say this because I haven't said this since like 1994, 95. Jamal Mashburn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the Orlando Magic, man. Um, I joked, like I said about earlier. Which because Sean always talks, loves those guys that shoots threes and dunk. And Aaron Gordon looks like he's developed a three-point shot. And I always joked that he was like light Blake Griffin where all he could do is dunk. And he said, Tim Daniel from Cincinnati, Ohio, fuck you. Um, you're wrong. <laughs> and he's developed that shot, man. Um, Jonathan Isaac has been really good for them. You can see people in Orlando really getting behind him. I still think it's a travesty he's allowed to wear number one. Oh, but I hate that. I don't know how long it's going to last. They might fall apart soon. I expect they will. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm really impressed with what we've seen from them so far. I don't really love Alfred Payton. I know we've talked about that before. But I think that you're starting to see, now that he has Aaron Gordon to kind of space that floor for him, I don't think he really needs to do as much. And if Aaron Gordon really can continuously continue to hit threes like he has in the first four games of the year, including beating Cleveland at home. God, it wasn't um, just a, it wasn't just a beating. It was a beat down. He had... Yeah, Exactly. Like I, I really like what Orlando has done so far. Anyone disappointing you? Disappointing? I would say I'm bummed out that Chris Paul's out for a little while, but even though Houston's played well. Mm-hmm. Um, I like what Brooklyn's done with having all 6'4 guys playing basketball at the same time. But disappointing-wise, I would say mostly Philly. Like I said, I only because they haven't won games yet, but I think as they get older, they're going to. Uh, they're playing good teams well. They're competitive. They're just not closing at the end. And a lot of that reason is like you're seeing like, and this is no slouch on Jared Bayless. I think he's a good ball player. But 
when the game's on the line, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons aren't having the ball at times. It's Jared Bayless, it's Rocco, and I like Rocco. Those are the guys getting the ball at the end of the game. And if Philly wants to win games, you got to have your best players at the ball in the last seconds. Sean, who's impressing you? Who's depressing you? I've been so disappointed with Giannis Antetokounmpo. No, I'm just kidding. He's the greatest <laughs> freaking player I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, I am so impressed with Giannis. Uh, right now, he's my MVP candidate. Uh, oh, yeah. God, he uh, he just keeps developing and adding more muscle. And uh, I want... <laughs> I'm assuming you guys may have caught, you know, some of the the highlights of the the Bucks Cavs game the other day. I watched it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Giannis's stat line was so impressive that I told my wife about it. <laughs> well, the thing that was so impressive to me was there was about three straight possessions that I watched, um, and I, I turned the game off later on as it you know as it went on, but there were three straight possessions where LeBron could not guard him. They went and, at it, and it was fun. And and I mean, like he legitimately couldn't guard him because his he's so long, and it's just it's it's tough for anyone to guard him. He is absolutely crazy athletic right now, and uh, I mean, he truly is a freak, man. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. The way that he was able to play against LeBron was kind of the way that you remember like seeing footage of of Michael Jordan playing against Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. You know, not exactly a great team, but dragging his team to the finish line and making it really, really fun. So, did you by chance see at the end of the game when LeBron's getting interviewed after the Cavs win by ESPN? This was the best, like, low-key dig I've seen by a commentator in a long time. So, LeBron's getting interviewed by the sideline reporter. And she's like, so Kevin Durant said Giannis Antetokounmpo came up being the best player ever. And then she goes, as someone who's actually in that conversation... What do you think about that? <laughs> it's like, oh, oh. Yeah, but I mean, it's an interesting point because when, if, A, best ever does not, is not a phrase that gets tossed around lightly. Correct. And if it does get brought up, if someone was like, if if one of the best currently admits that they think someone on the court could be best ever talent, who do you go to for that other than the best ever if he's not available for comment because you're not in Charlotte at the time, you right. go to arguably the next best. And I think that was fair. I mean, LeBron is clearly in that conversation. Completely. And I think he is, in terms of current players, the best person yep. to judge that. Yeah. So I don't think I don't think it's necessarily a dig. No, it was a dig at Kevin Durant. Oh, what I'm oh got it. Got it. Okay, I, was, yeah. I thought it was like a dig at Giannis, where it's like, well, as someone who's actually can like speak on this, I'm like, Jesus, he's just he, they just brought his name up. <laughs> no, I honestly, man, like Sean, you make the mention, like length, like height, no, but Giannis looks like 23 year old LeBron playing yeah. against current LeBron. He's got those it's, wide strides too. Yeah, it's like it's like speed, getting to the basket, like no, where no one can stop him. And like it, it's it it reminds me of that. Like I think possibly even a little better than LeBron was at twenty three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Giannis has been definitely something else. He is he is a dude that I would be bummed if he left his team. Me too. I, I would actually. I think I love him and Brogdon. 
I love that. That's pair. a team for Eric Bledsoe. Well, oh, that's a team for Eric Bledsoe. The thing, the thing yeah. that's interesting about Giannis is like I don't see him being buddy buddy with anyone really. No, like he kind of just stands alone by himself. I don't see him like bouncing around with LeBron or Kevin Durant or any of these big wigs or anything. He's just kind of playing on his own and like doing his own thing, and. And really, really making the Bucks a relevant team. I mean, just just the the strides that he's made since he was drafted. I mean, he's he's been incredible. Yeah, it's. I would feel weird. Like I want an Antetokounmpo shirt, but I would feel weird having a Bucks shirt. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a very it's a very strange feeling for me to to have. It's a lot of confliction. Who's? I'll get you a National Greece team jersey if you want. Oh, that's even weirder. <laughs> like I would go into the Euro place by my house, and they'd be like, "Why? Why are you wearing that?" I'm like, "I just please." Uh, who's disappointing you? Me, myself? Yes. Disappointing. Uh, I am. Uh, I'm. Well, I'm disappointed that Marco Fultz is out. That's that's very disappointing. I'm not very impressed with Josh Jackson so far. Um, that's been a, he's been a little bit of a disappointment, but like like we've said earlier, that whole team's kind of disappointing. So I I, I shouldn't even count that. Um, but you know I, I I'm pretty impressed with the NBA altogether over the last like week. I've you know there's been a lot of injuries that have happened. I'm 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 unimpressed that Chris Chris Paul is hurt again. I hate that because I really want to see him and Harden like just really click. Mm-hmm. Um. But, uh, you know, I, I'm i not super unimpressed by anyone in particular right now. I am uh, I am kind of, kind of, kind of getting a little bit impressed by Laurie Markkinen. Mm. Me too, man. Me and, too. And, I mean, like, there's some strange stats that he's putting up that a lot of rookies don't put up. Like the first so. ever uh, 10 threes in his first three games or whatever? Yeah. That's, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. That is pretty cool, and you know, there's no way he'd be getting this time on the on the court without this this dumb fight that broke out during practice <laughs> that took out both players and then took yeah. them out of starting jobs and took them out. Yeah, and like if he continues to put up double double numbers or you know continues to make shots, I mean he was making some really crazy shots last night, and they played Cleveland very well up until the last five minutes of that game last night. They did. Very mm-hmm. well. And they gave it all they got. And, like, like the Cavs legitimately couldn't do anything for a long time. So, I mean, it was really interesting to see what was going to happen at the end. But I'm really impressed with Laurie Markkinen so far, and I did not really think I was going to feel that way. I hate myself for feeling that way. I think for that, and I was kind of thinking about this too, like in a, when I was at work today. I think, you know, we were definitely, obviously, we had a video stream about how frustrated we were. I think we took our frustrations to the front office out on marketing. Um, I don't think there was ever a point when we said he's going to be a bad player. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's just we felt like they still could have got better for Art, for the team's best player. And I think we still feel that way. Mm-hmm. But it's not that we were unhappy. It's just I thought that we thought there was better players in the prospect at the time. And so far we're wrong. Well, and I'm okay with that. It- it's funny because Bloggable put out a little post today that said we should not give the front office credit for drafting them because they just were drafting blindly to begin with anyway. They didn't even visit him. They didn't, they didn't even visit yeah. him. Right. They barely knew anything about them, so we can't give them credit. It was just sheer luck if he does turn out to be as good as he's been the last three games. Um, so, And I, I completely agree with that statement. I do too. Yeah. 
And as, as far as any digs we've made at marketing, you know, leading up post the pick to now or anything like that, from what I remember, and I, I might be wrong too, but I'm, I'm in your camp, Tim, where I always said, like, you know, I hope he is good. Like, I don't yeah, want him to be bad, but it was definitely a questionable pick, especially given what you just said, Sean, where, you know, they didn't visit the guy. Like, no. it just kind of, it was a blind pick and it was trading away at the time. It's hard to judge trades like that when you know the value of what you're giving away. Agreed. And yeah. uh, I think with something like that, yeah, do I regret taking my shirt off and screaming? No. <laughs> I, I think that was a just reaction. You, you do we're it all friends. over again, wouldn't you? I say, you? we're your best friends. We've known you to do that. We call that Saturday. Right, that's just, that's, that's just whatever. I just didn't pound on my belly like I'm Kamala. But, like, it's... Yeah, I mean, the jury is still out with me. I'm in, I'm impressed. I am surprised. Uh, but, but I mean, I can still hang my hat on the it's only four games. But exactly. the, the benefit, and this is something I, I know I've hit on in previous episodes, where, like, a roster like this of players that would never start allows players yeah. that would never start to have ridiculous green lights. Because we're seeing, you know, Justin Holiday put up some very, very good numbers, but it's a matter of like, is that him or is that just the team he's on and he's allowed to kind of go full bore him because the roster is more or less just like, I don't know, let's see what's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, especially that point is Jerry Grant, you know, mm-hmm. with Chris Dunn being hurt, uh, Cameron Payne sucking and also being hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and even last night, like I was joking with you guys, it's the K Felder revenge game from going against Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grant's played really well. He's not scoring a ton of points, but he's getting guys involved. And that's the, that's the all American I saw at Notre Dame that I thought he's going to be really good in the league. And we're starting to see a little bit of that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're still 0 and, 0 and 3, 0 and 4, but they're supposed to be though. Right. So we'll see. They'll probably win against Atlanta tomorrow because Dennis Schroeder's out and Atlanta sucks. Ah, man. Atlanta. I'm still banking on Atlanta being the eighth seed. Little nah. guy, uh, oh, no. No, <laughs> Jesus Christ, no. I mean, I was drunk on sparkling water when I made that pick. But uh, in terms of, of what I'm in, I've been impressed by, uh, first off, I think the NBA has done a really good job at creating really good matchups to start the they season. Have. Yes. Uh, that, that has been, I think this is one of the strongest starts. Injuries notwithstanding, in terms of just team-by-team team matchups, I think, I feel like it's one of those times where I know it's not wrestling or MMA, but I'm like, man, you're giving away some marquee matchups at the start for free. <laughs> but then I'm like, it's basketball, it's all free. But, uh, so props to them for creating a really good opening you know, first couple weeks here. Uh, Brooklyn doing mm-hmm. about two games better than I thought they would be at this at this juncture. Uh, currently sitting in the eighth seed right now. If the playoffs were to inexplicably start today, uh, so if there was like a player strike, <laughs> uh, Brooklyn would be a playoff team. But uh, I mean, they're playing well. I mean, we're seeing guys like just picking from. My weird fantasy team here, uh, Karis LeVert has had a handful of really good games. Uh, Russell's been mm-hmm. good. Lynn going down does not seem to have affected them, you know, a great deal. Uh, it affects my six-man-of-the-year pick, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. I don't want to make this about me. Another person that I, about me, have been uh, unimpressed with, though, right now, uh, I'm a little down on Butler. Uh, a little, little down on Jim Jams. I'm a, I'm a little down on the Timberwolves in general. He's, 
he's sick, and I get that, and I'm not I'm not knocking that against him, but we're not seeing him get to the line at the frequency we're used to, right? And and that that is his bread and butter. Is I mean, the dude doesn't have a lot. I mean, he's averaging one made three pointer a game. That's about what you'd expect. Uh, currently. He's playing 37 minutes. That's a little low for him, which is weird to say. But He was good the Utah game down the stretch. Yeah, uh, Utah was uh, 13.7 rebounds, 3 assists, 5 steals. I mean, that's that's a line I would expect to get hit from him almost everywhere except the points, and that goes back to right. him not getting to the line. I think I had said in the few games he's played, he's gotten to the line, I think it was five times. And in the Chicago days, we were used to seeing that in like <clears throat> twice as much of that in one game. And right. so I'm not seeing quite the level of production I would have come to expect from uh, the, the the Wolves team. Uh, other than that, yeah, the Wolves have been... They, I wouldn't say they've left me unimpressed, but they've whelmed me. <laughs> I'm whelmed by the Wolves. Mm-hmm. I'm neither over nor under. Uh, I'm yeah. just kind of like, nah, with them. Uh, Clint Capella, I think, has, has picked up where he's left off. He's currently got 12 and 16 right now. But... Uh, He's looked real good. Other than that, I mean, yeah, I'm down on the Rockets. I'm up, or I'm not down on the Rockets. I'm, I'm down on Butler, and I'm up on the Nets. Uh, so a little, a little shocking from where I'm standing on that. I wasn't expecting that to be two weeks into the season. Me being like that Brooklyn team looks real nice. Well, yeah, they're all six four, and they all just run. Right? Why not? Yeah, like not in unison, <laughs> which is the last time Phoenix did anything together. Yeah, <laughs> I love that clip so much. Um. I know we're getting ready to close out, but let me guys guess this. Let me see if they'll... Tendency to do in four games is to overreact. So, I'm going to ask you guys if I'm overreacting here. Uh, we know the greatness, obviously, of LeBron James, and now with the injuries we've had, and I think the Derrick Rose one, thankfully it's not a major concern. It looks like they're talking about him just missing out most of the week. Um, so, they, what the Cleveland has done, because Jose Calderon sucks as they've moved LeBron to the point guard. And... Um, so I'm watching last night, and granted they're playing the Bulls, and I'm watching right now, and they're playing the Nets. And I'm starting to realize, like, have you guys noticed this thing with him, where wherever you put him, like, we know he's ungodly good, and like you said, he's definitely in that conversation, the two and three greatest players of all time. Um, but I'm starting to see this thing with him where wherever they put him, he just becomes, like, a different player. Like, he adjusts to the position really well, but he doesn't adjust like most people. So here's if I'm nuts, guys. I've always said that I thought LeBron was like Magic Johnson. So now mm-hmm. he's playing point guard, and it's literally Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, we obviously do. He's a great. We all look at him as the greatest small forward ever. I don't. And there's not many guys that can really give him a run for his money in that circumstance. We've sure. seen him at power forward, and I've been like, sh- I don't think he's as good of a power forward as Tim Duncan. No. But I certainly think he's as good of a power forward as Chris Webber was. Yeah. Am I overreacting to say that wherever we put him, he could potentially be a top five guy at that position? Within the current structure of the league, sure. Uh, there was a quote from him after last night, two nights ago? I don't remember. Uh, but he was saying that like ever since he's played basketball, he knows every play from every position. So I believe he, know, he knows the whole playbook from all five positions. And so if he does play point guard, he knows all of the plays from the point guard position. If he has to play shooting guard, he knows all of the plays from that position and, and, and so on. If you fire up Live 04, which should be LeBron's rookie year uh, NBA Live game, I'm pretty sure he's starting at point. I think you're right, for, yeah. For Cleveland on that. Because uh, I remember being, cause I remember even on like NBA Draft.net and Draft Express, he was compared to Magic Johnson. 
And it was just constantly, like, that was always the name that was getting tossed around. It was always Magic over Michael. Uh, and you've seen that. I mean, he's always been a dynamite passer. And to have that height advantage, and now with that much more, you know, wide frame uh, that he's developed over his time in the league and everything. I mean, yeah, dude is definitely, I think, could be top five at any position because he's got advantages all the way around. Yeah, I think so. Like, uh, you know, the Magic Johnson one, like I said, I've always, that's always stood out to me. But, like, I watched a lot of few games and they were putting him at the four. And I was like, shit, man, he looks like Chris Webber out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he is unreal. It is. It would be one of those times where like we are fortunate to be able to watch him now, even though I think a lot of people don't wholly appreciate him. Yeah, and I'm sure and, if people listen to our show on a weekly basis, they're probably tired of hearing me talk about LeBron. But that's all right. It's it's the NBA right now. <clears throat> right. I mean that that's it. It's, it's LeBron's league, and everyone else is just kind of playing in it, except for Giannis. Right. Giannis is trying to take that back. And Steph. Eh. No, I don't know, man. You talk about teams that have been no. impressive so far. I know they're two and two, <laughs> but they haven't looked mind, like jaw dropping yet. No, they don't have to anymore. No, you're right. You're we, you're absolutely we, we've right. We talked about that. That's not that is not the game that that these teams play. They're they've ar- they're, they've already got the best record ever, so it doesn't even matter. They're, they are copy pasting. The, the Spurs of just like hey just get to the playoffs and then fucking just wipe the floor off of everybody but with that this has been 48 minutes episode 16 thank you for listening please head on over to 48minutesnetwork.com where you can read all the articles we've been posting where you can get caught up on any podcast episodes you may have missed and if you have missed an episode stop it Subscribe to us on your podcast service of choice. Write us a review on your podcast service of choice. Help us get found. Share us with your friends. If you listen to us each and every week, thank you so much. But we can only go so far. Pass us around. We This is a polyamorous, polygamous relationship. We should be married <laughs> to all of your friends, not just you. I appreciate your selfishness, though. It's cool. But it's not, it's not what we need right now, maybe later talk also be sure to subscribe to court stormers if you want that ncaa smooth jazz of mike canizales in your ears each and every week because it's not coming up on the 48 minutes feed anymore gotta go to court stormers it's not a separate website you just go to itunes or google play you search court stormers you go i want that you click the subscribe button never miss an episode of that either be on the lookout for dropping balls slowly but surely that will be moving to its own feed as well we will keep you in the loop Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Tim. And as always, heal Hayward and good night.